to Becoming Soul, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Better Cold Soul on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, we're here today to talk about Season 5, Episode 10, the season finale, Something Unforgivable. Uh, we now have all the episode titles revealed, obviously. Uh, what did you think of the season finale? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was it was good. It didn't go the way that I thought it might do i thought we might get a a more definitive resolution to some of the um plots which didn't come but i don't necessarily have a problem with that they they set things up quite nicely i think for the final season as well um you you got the conversations between kim and jimmy which seems to be roping howard back in which explains why howard's been popping up throughout this entire season sort of you know we've been like why has he been here and now we get to see a reason why sounds like howard's probably going to be more involved next season um we didn't get a full resolution to the uh lilo nacho side of things either but that sets up an interesting threat for next season as well so yeah, overall, I I thought that was um, that was quite interesting. What they decided to do with that, I was expecting to end the season with some dead characters, and we didn't. So you know, yeah, um, I'm very very impressed by the episode. Uh, just overall, I do have one problem with the episode, which did bug me. I didn't quite buy that the guys that Gus had hired, because he says to Mike in that. Um, conversation by the burnt los polios hermanos um restaurant he says like okay i've hired seven of these guys they're like the best in the business and to me when gus fring picks assassins i just thought that they should have been a lot better than what they were and that was <laughs> that was the i i just, watching them in that combat sort of scene if you want to call it a combat scene or confrontation scene or whatever i mm. i i could buy that they were bad at their job but i didn't buy that they were gus's that th- these guys were yeah. hired by gus gus frings you know an enormous um big character in this in this series that is what well, we know with him and perfection and all that sort of stuff um so I, that was that was the one thing it didn't like you know ruin the episode or whatever but that was the only problem i think i pretty much had with the episode um like just the, just the the way that they make certain decisions in that combat thing which we'll talk about when we actually get to it but i just wanted to kind of highlight it here in the in the pre-talk sort of part uh that was the only thing i didn't like um but with some other the positive stuff i really really like what they'd go where they're going with um kim uh for next season i uh, quite like the half i say resolution to the lalo nacho stuff because we did we do have the yeah. reveal that he knows that it is now nacho um, yeah. I really, really enjoyed watching. Well, not enjoyed entertainment-wise. Again, this this is an awkward show to like in certain things because a lot of characters that we like get in danger, and that's not nice. But it's entertaining, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, as we as we as we've discussed before, but watching Nacho try to well get um, Lalo distracted and open the gate and then kind of go from there, I thought all that was really, really compelling. And a lot of those scenes in both Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, and El Camino have been uh, fantastic, and I thought that was fantastic as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've, cause I've, I've said, speaking on the Howard stuff, which you just brought up, I f- I'm finding it really, really interesting what they keep managing to bring him for. Cause there's, I think at least two times this season where I was like, oh, don't think we'll see him again. And then we see him, but then yeah. the reasons, the reasons he's being brought back into the show are ones that make sense. And with Kim having this change in personality and her kind of saying to Jimmy, 
that like oh we should try and bring him down a few pegs not like ruin him but like bring him down a few pegs and then just seeing seeing how that connects with the how that connects the three characters together even more like jimmy's not really sure and he's sort of the one that's on the other side of of the coin on 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 that occasion i thought was really really interesting to watch as well so uh, overall i'm very very impressed with the episode like i didn't you know obviously if i said i'm impressed with the episode it means i liked it a lot i just didn't buy that gus fring would hire those people <laughs> or that they would be yeah that bad because i mean i don't what did you think of the, i thought they were terrible yeah no i mean it's it's tricky because you would think given that the guy is a drug pin kingpin they might have thought oh he's i'll have some sort of escape route maybe because mm-hmm. of who he is right. um backup plans and all that you know so that you would think i i thought maybe they'd have some form of backup plan for that but apparently not um and yeah i mean i get your point about that i uh, you know they, they weren't particularly great at what they did um i yeah i i i don't know it's it's tricky i mean if you're expecting to hire a bunch of people that are just going to go in there and kill people i i kind of guess you wouldn't need them to be overly competent i mean but yes you would expect them to be a bit better than than what they were they were so yeah, I I'm kind of with you on that. I I do think that is a little bit of a an issue that you would expect Gus to hire better people than maybe they did that would plan for every eventuality and they didn't do that. So yeah, maybe you know maybe you'd have some people that hang back just in case and you know be able to kind of cover the the exit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um because there was what I think he said seven of them. Like I've hired seven guys to assassinate Lalo. Um, yeah. So, but and, uh, and, yeah, and and he seemed to take the Lalo seemed to take them out pretty quickly. So I mean, he either drastically underestimated Lalo, or um, which I mean is is possible. But even then, I mean, what Lalo did if, if you'd left two guys by the gate to cover that exit, he Lalo wouldn't have been able to like come back in and catch them by surprise because you would have had guys covering the route back into the house. So you wouldn't have been able to get back in and back up to the tunnel and shoot them in the back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, clearly, and you'd think seven guys that are highly trained should be enough to take out. So yes, I mean, I think it is a fair point that uh, Gus, I think should be demanding his money back. Oh yeah. Yeah, certainly. So, uh, but I'll I'll point out more of the things that they I thought they did wrong when we when we get to there. But cause I don't want to, you know, because we've we've praised the show throughout the season. But it is, you know, we do have to point out when I think certain things are, are well, not necessarily wrong with the show, but just the fact that these are supposed to be Gus yeah. guys. So, uh, yeah. but you know, I praised all, all the other stuff. So I want to be just want to be fair, which is what we're here to do. So, yeah. uh, there's that. But I will point out some things that I think they did very wrong uh, in those yeah. scenes with 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 some of their decision making. But um, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to some housekeeping and let you know what else we've been up to on Entertainment Talk, and then we'll get into the recap. See you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today. Just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. 
Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, I wanted to do something where, um, because me and Barry have done three yeah three podcasts so far there was a lot of different topics that we covered within those podcasts and some of them are like lists and favorite films and stuff like that so what i basically went and done went and did rather was uh go and edit those podcasts and um take parts of them out to sort of release as their own kind of separate thing uh, so one of those things, as you might remember a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about my top 10 favourite horror films and Barry talked about films, horror films from the 70s. Uh, one of the ones that I did was took out the part where I took about talked about my top 10 horror films and then released that as a separate kind of piece. Uh, I have left the link in the show notes to that for the full episode if you want to listen to the whole thing as well. Uh, so that was one of the parts. Uh, one of the other parts was when we just dis- we discussed uh, DC uh, and within that podcast we did our DCEU film ranking. Of course the next one we're supposed to have is Wonder Woman which won't be out until well at least August we don't know obviously if that will stick or whatever. Uh, but from basically Man of Steel to um, Birds of Prey, excluding Joker, because of course Joker's not part of that universe. Uh, so we ranked them. Uh, so that was one of the other uh, parts that was released as well. Uh, one of the other things which was discussing the Batman, that was when we had the image revealed, uh, the, the images uh, revealed from Matt Reeves. And we also discussed uh, the casting that we've had so far. Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, uh, Jeffrey, what's his name? Westworld. Jeffrey Wright? Yes. Jeffrey Westworld, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, him, him from that as well. Uh, so yes. we discussed all that in that podcast as well. So that was another kind of segment that was released. Uh, this month's um, chat podcast uh, for March, talking about last month, which was Entertainment Talk's biggest month. So thank you all very, very much for um, getting that to happen, I suppose. Uh, very much appreciated and all that. Uh, also talked in the second half about... Um, how the coronavirus is affecting different stuff. I didn't give, you know, death stats or whatever. You you don't go to Entertainment Talk to hear that. That's obviously yeah. all over the news. You can find that obviously in other places. Uh, plenty of different information out there. But uh, just talked about some, some positive stuff regarding that because the news does like to make you think the world is um, doomed. Um, so I uh, talked about that and also talked about how in some of the later months, you know, August, September, October, how it could affect entertainment talk and also talked about what my plans could be around that point but uh talked about that as well uh, of course because that's behind the scenes and all that sort of stuff so that's where those conversations go uh let's play sundays for moss on psvr this is the second of the four let's plays that are going to be coming out so next week's the third one and then the week after is going to be the fourth and final let's play for moss because it will be for the ending of the game so check that out as well 
Uh, on the run, uh, run starring Merritt Weaver and Domhnall Gleeson, which is created by uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Vicky Jones. Uh, had its pilot episode last week on HBO, and if you want to watch it on LTV, it's on Sky Comedy. I'm pretty sure it's highlighted on there as well. I've seen it highlighted a few times. Uh, half an hour comedy about these two people that are, well, on the run, or they agree to run away and that sort of thing. Uh, so covered the pilot episode for that. Uh, later today, I'll be covering episode two for that. That's got seven episodes, so there will be... Five more after this week, so uh, look out for that as well. Uh, but you said you enjoyed the uh, pilot episode for that as well. Yes, yeah, very much so. I think it it could be shaping up to be a very interesting show. That cool. Uh, so there's the podcast for that. Uh, gaming talk last week. We talked about Ghost of uh, Tsushima and some different uh, features of the game that they've discussed, such as waypoints and allies and all those sorts of things. Uh, talked about Warner Brothers games as well because there was an image released of a cancelled Superman game. Uh, they also discussed um, some stuff about uh, the upcoming Batman. Not the upcoming, but there was some other st- stuff in that conversation about the Batman game, the Harry Potter game, and we discussed this Warner Brothers games overall. Uh, there is apparently a new GTA in development as well, which was uh, information released by IGN, so that will be out in some length of time. It's obviously going to be quite yes. long we see that. So uh, not anytime soon, but there is a new GTA in development. Uh, so there's that as well. And we also talked about uh, Switch controllers and how they're the worst ones that you can get uh, for consoles. The little Joy-Con things. Uh, right. And because there's a system update for Switch now, and you can remap the button. So we discussed all of that and the Switch controllers themselves. Uh, we also talked about just a bunch more stuff in that podcast as well. But those are some of the highlights. Uh, reviewing Westworld season three, episode five. Um, so that's for Westworld as well. Later we'll be covering Season 3, Episode 6. So look out for that. Uh, Better Call Soul, you're already here. Uh, Arrow series wrap-up. We've now covered the entirety of Arrow, of course. Uh, well, the last couple of seasons. and that We didn't start from the start of Arrow. But uh, we've wrapped up for the series. Uh, done, done the recent uh, series finale review and done a series wrap-up. So that'll be that for Arrow. Uh, there is, of course, potentially in the works a Green Arrow and the Canaries spin-off. But... We don't know if that's... It hasn't been ordered to series yet. We've got to wait and see what kind of happens with that. But uh, that could be the next phase of those shows uh, or the new thing from that. But, of course, there's, what, five or six other DC um, Arrowverse shows. So you've got those to look forward to as well when they come back in that. But um, Or at the moment when they're running. Uh, but that's the Arrow series wrap-up. And that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Um, all right, so Kim and... Excuse me, Kim and Jimmy watch uh, Lalo depart very, very nervously because, uh, of course, what happened 10 minutes ago or however long it was. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> uh, Jimmy asks Mike for details about why Mike has been protecting him, but Mike hangs up. Uh, he's been doing that a lot to Jimmy, hasn't he, in this, yeah. in this show. Uh, so he does that as well. Uh, Jimmy tells uh, Kim the truth about his desert trek with Mike, tells him the actual truth, unlike what he tells Lalo, of course, last week. Kim and Jimmy check into a, a downtown hotel for their safety as well because they're concerned about um, Lalo coming back, of course. So, um, yeah, good to see him because they had this whole, you know, truth thing earlier in the earlier in the season. That was, I can't remember which episode, but that was one of the earlier episodes. They got married and had this new agreement about, you know, we've got to start telling each other more of the truth. So he does it here with the whole desert thing. Uh, yeah, what do you think of this opening kind of scene? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad that he's sticking to that and not trying to yeah. hide it because we know that Kim already knew something more severe happened out there because of the fact that she found the uh, coffee cup with the bullet hole in it. So she knew something had happened. Uh, and the fact that he, he kind of eventually tells her and she didn't push it either. So it's it was good that. And you you have this interesting change this week in this sort of relationship 
between Kim and Jimmy um, and, and Jimmy kind of questioning the relationship as well. But we'll kind of come on to that a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mike being Mike and uh, being on the phone <laughs> and like not really giving Jimmy any more information than he feels he actually needs to give him, uh, which is, I mean, it's just Michael over really. Uh, just interesting to see the this opening scene just with the aftermath of that incredible conversation at the end of last week and Kim kind of firing on all cylinders uh, just to 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 get Lalo Lalo out of the uh, apartment. I was amazing that scene last week. So, you know, seeing the aftermath of that was great. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, like the you can see the nervousness obviously on Kim and Jimmy's face when even when he's leaving and he just ha- you know, they they both have to just completely wait until he's until he's gone. Because um, I mean, he, even Lalo getting going out of the building and getting into his car isn't really enough because he's still obviously kind of lurking. Um, but I thought that was that was good as well. And even with you know Kim's very very confident and brave speech last week, you see some nerves from her. Of course, you would be nervous if you've just talked to her drug lord like that and told him to mm. get which is something like get your get your house in order or get your house in check or something like that um very very brave obviously from last week and um yeah it was a good little sort of continuation of that and like you said yeah i, I find it more funny when mike's like no nope, i've told you all the information you need i'm gonna hang up and uh uh just kind of continues himself from there um but uh kind of playing a little bit into you know mike's and and uh jimmy's relationship as well where like they have bonded a bit over the last couple of weeks but it's still very much like okay there's some things that mike knows obviously from gus and whatnot that jimmy he just doesn't need to tell jimmy so i Mm. uh it's cool that that's sort of still there and everything so there we go uh mike tells gus that lalo and nacho went to lalo's um something home uh gus tells mike he has uh, sent assassins after lalo and suggests nacho can help them uh lalo and nacho um Actually, let's put let's put a pause in there. Um, even in a conversation where they're just they're just talking about you know sending the assassins and all that, and this is this is the scene I was referencing earlier, mm. where Gus says I've sent seven of my guys um, to to the house and stuff. Even then, even with this like burnt up building and all that, still got to do his bit of clean up. Still got to take those um, what was it like those tissues or whatever, pull them off the floor, yeah. put them in the bin. Uh, it's a very very gust thing to to be doing. He just can't like he just can't leave things, can he? It's part of just his his sort of personality and uh it just i mean just you know with um it's jonathan banks and uh john carlos benito uh just great dialogue again that that's one thing that did i didn't really talk about this in the pre-talk but that's one thing that really really stuck out in this episode a lot uh, and has done throughout most of the series but particularly in this episode just the the quality of writing and dialogue really really continuing to just shine through and this was another example of one of those scenes um uh, yeah what do you think of uh mike and gus's uh conversation I mean, these have been two of my favourite characters. I mean, mm. I love a lot of the characters on the show, but uh, these two, the way they're written and uh, the the like you say, the the little mannerisms that Giancarlo and I mean, I don't know whether that's on the page or something Giancarlo came up with, but just the, the you know the the things like the when we saw him check into the hotel a few weeks ago and him just kind of putting the card down and then nudging it slightly so it's at that right angle the those little things that he does um and like you say this episode taking the kind of paper towels and and throwing them in the bin even though the entire place is burnt to the ground just these tiny little details that they focus on of his sort of almost obsessive compulsive 
kind of things to be neat and things being a particular way. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things that I, I, I don't, I mean, none of that team survived that went over to, you know, the assassination team. And you rather think that had they survived and come back and failed in their job, Gus probably would have killed them all anyway. So, um, yeah. I, you know, just, just for being utterly incompetent. So, I mean, I, I, the dialogue scene here between the two of them, um, Jonathan is great as Mike as well. And I just, I, I, I really love these scenes together. I think this is, uh, th- this is just a, a great little scene of, of the, uh, and you can see Mike kind of gen- trying to sort of gently nudge Gus into releasing nacho mm-hmm. from his servitude uh and gus is is not moving and i do wonder whether that is something that's going to come back and bite gus as well i mean obviously not in a major way because we know gus is still around and nacho isn't when we get to breaking bad but um i i do wonder whether that's something that's how i i, I really intrigued to see how that turns out I, and whether the fact that Gus is is kind of holding on too tightly and and refusing to le- release Nacho is going to cause him problems moving forward, as well. So, yeah one one thing I really really like between Mike and Gus is there's very very few people that can talk to Gus and mm. not necessarily fully convince him, but even have a chance of doing that. And when because yeah. when Gus is talking to the average cartel member or just most other characters. Gus has got mainly the power, and although Gus very much does, you know, still have the power over Mike, he could probably get Mike killed if he wanted him to quite easily. But just where you see this relationship developing, obviously specifically in this in this scene, this series, this show, whatever, um, and you see Gus being just just that slight bit more lenient towards Mike and kind of allowing him, allowing his kind of I guess opinions to be heard that bit more it makes for some not more interesting conversations cause obviously most, most most if not all of gus's conversations in the series are always interesting but it makes for a different kind of converse, conversation yeah. and a bit and a bit of a different kind of like power balance as well so mm. uh, I, I appreciate that with the mic scenes because you can tell obviously that uh, gus respects uh, that these two men respect each other a bunch and uh that's not always the case depending on who these two are, are sort of talking to like if you look at the difference between um obviously i know it's a quite a bit different between in terms of power structure and that but if you just think about like how mike can sometimes talk to jimmy and then how mike can kind of talk to gus sometimes and then how gus can kind of mm. talk to other characters you just have different power balances and with the different conversations these characters have you sort of see that and uh it's it's done really well so i thought that was great as well uh lalo and nacho arrive at lalo's house um and expansive um something or other located within a large walled compound and are warmly greeted uh, by family and friends nacho receives a call telling him to open the back gate at 3 a.m of course in the middle of the night basically um yeah you can just i really like the way uh i'm not sure the guy's uh the name's actor but the guy who plays um nacho just the the way he's acting these scenes and the way you can tell like you know they get there and it's all also all fun and games and this guy's like climbing on the van and shooting in the air and they're all laughing and joking and you can just kind of tell like okay lalo is trying to introduce is, is trying to introduce nacho to this family but because nacho knows more of what's kind of going on obviously the hit and the, the assassins and the 3am kind of thing and all that and obviously he's been kind of 
pulled along to this kind of meeting and you get there and you know like i said you know there's this meeting at the gate it's like sort of fakely tense and then the uh, oh one shot we have to talk about is what's it the guy's standing outside the gate he's got his like machine gun machine gun or whatever ready and the way that the window rolls down and you see uh lalo's face is kind of smiling i saw a um gif of that this morning uh of course a gif is this little you know photo that plays mm. for a few seconds or whatever uh, yes. and it was just this gif of the window rolling down and you see the smile on his face i thought i thought that was brilliant and it really goes to kind of um you know goes along with with sort of his character what, what did you think that little shot particularly of the window rolling down and you see his face he's just so yeah. kind of relaxed isn't he so yeah no i mean the for this scene it was him introducing like the family uh mm. to you know and, and kind of the w- what i found particularly interesting in this whole scene was him sort of greeting all the family and then there's the kid uh who he uh, sort of turns on and is he's sort of yeah what are, what are you doing standing here go and get the stuff out the truck you know and you, and you see right. that flash of the anger come in as yeah. well and, and you know nacho um by the way nacho is played by um michael mando is his name there we go um yeah. he was the uh one of the main antagonists in far cry 3 apparently as well yes. so you may know him from that and he was also in orphan black and he has a single out at the moment uh, busy I, guy. I discovered today as well yes so busy guy he's uh he's just released a single you can but uh yeah michael mando his name is um but yeah oh. the the way that nacho's kind of almost trying to sink into the background and it's not until Lalo kind of pulls him forward mm. and saying says sort of come and you know come and meet the family you know these these are guys are supposed to be kind of looking after this place and and uh yeah protecting the compound and stuff um yeah I I really like this scene because it shows that sort of veneer of hey happy fun Lalo uh but then this this kind of quick turn of viciousness that you get that yeah um, what, what did you think of the shot that I mentioned? The uh, car window <laughs> rolling down with the smiley face. I honestly don't don't really remember that shot, especially. Oh, okay. Um, not not didn't sort of stick out to me particularly. So. Okay, but uh, yeah, I like how you sort of go from that to like you cut to the next little bit and the the security guys like hanging off the car and he's shooting in the air and they're having fun and like you said, yeah, with Nacho, kind of he's trying to slip away into the background. He's trying. I mean, he's trying to really slip away for the whole scene um mm. and, and that sort of stuff i thought that was that was played really well but uh it, it's sort of like one of them calm before the storm sort of things you know that there's obviously this assassin on the way and lala's trying to be happy and be with his family and all that but uh we see how that ends up so mm. uh lalo and nacho yeah we already talked about that um but uh, yeah i thought the phone call was interesting as well the whole 3am th- kind of thing um but apparently as we'll find out later that lala doesn't sleep so yes or, or at least not in this situation Mm. So, uh, Kim ignores Jimmy's request to uh, remain at the hotel <clears throat> and visits the courthouse. She meets with the public defender and accepts 20 pending uh, felony cases uh, pro bono. Uh, she tells Howard she quit uh, Schweikard and Coakley. Um, Howard tells Kim about uh, Jimmy's recent harassment and assumes Kimmy is... Um, Jimmy is behind uh, Kim's decision. Kim laughs at Howard, which I thought was great. Uh, she is. She said she is insulted by the notion that she cannot um, decide for herself. I thought that was brilliant as well. Uh, and and tells Howard uh, he does not um, understand Jimmy. Howard angrily tells her that um, Chuck knew Jimmy better than anyone else, uh, which I thought was a really interesting look because they kind of just yeah. add that in and the scene ends and then you kind of move on. Um, 
really really great stuff here with of course Ray Seahorn and uh, as as Kim and of course you've got Howard in there as well again the show finding just interesting ways to because Howard's not really important to sort of anything um, but no. he's, he's this kind of interesting I mean it's kind of a villain of Jimmy now in a way Jimmy and, and Kim obviously because yeah. of what's been happening but uh, I really really liked her responses to um, when she, when Howard's telling her about what Jimmy's been up to and you know the the escorts or prostitutes or whatever and in the bowling balls and stuff and she just stares there and laughs I thought that was brilliant because I couldn't I couldn't really she, you could see that she's like listening really intently and all that but you couldn't really quite tell how she was going to respond and obviously this is Howard trying to turn her against Jimmy and then yeah. put put uh, Kim on on his side um, but yeah I, lo- I love that her reaction is just to laugh and she's like that's it kind of thing I thought that yeah. was a uh, really brilliant as well so yeah the show continuing to find um great ways to to uh incorporate howard and as we probably can guess in uh season six as well given how the episode ends but uh yeah what do you think of um kim and howard's interactions here yeah i mean the this whole sequence i i really loved uh the the guy uh grant who is the public defender played by Roy Wood jr who if you watch the daily show he's one of the daily correspondents on uh, the daily show so uh it was fun to see him just like pop up as this uh this public defender in this that was quite nice um but uh yeah in terms of the the kim and howard scene i i thought this was fantastic and and was quite layered because you got this conversation between the pair of them and you know he's howard's kind of obviously very upset about everything that jimmy's been doing to him and kim just is like well yeah that's jimmy and he's upset he's he was upset at howard and was just messing with him and that's all she sees it as um and uh yeah that last line that that last line of howard saying chuck knew jimmy better than anyone Mm -hmm. is really quite interesting because i mean arguably that is probably true to a certain extent i'd agree Um, yeah but um it was also something that held jimmy back i would say as well because jimmy you know because jimmy had been put in this box by chuck of he's a sort of waste of space and he's never going to amount to what he should amount to as much as i would like him to you know chuck always saw him as as this kind of failure of a little brother and he needs his help and he's not going to be able to amount to stuff but i will do what i can to help him and that always restricted jimmy to a certain extent um so yeah it was it was an interesting you you sort of got howard almost standing in for kind of chuck at this point of Mm. you know had had jimmy taken that job uh, with howard you kind of although he's saying oh i want you to do all this stuff you do wonder whether it would have ended up you know that life would have ended up with chuck then being under howard's thumb of you know only being of being kind of boxed in and you can't really do that not not with the sole persona that he's now running with mm. so i yeah I, I that that was a really interesting statement to to sort of end that scene on um and kim's reaction towards howard was was i thought fa- brilliant and you know the fact that she just found it incredibly funny and this also goes some way to showing how 
not necessarily Kim has changed because I think it's all that that side of her has always been there. We've seen it kind of bubble up a bit more, and you know we've seen it come out in full force by the end of the episode. But uh, that yeah, that that side of her now she's freed herself from the shackles of Schweitzer and Coakley and Mesa Verde and had less responsibility. You're seeing that kind of side of her come out a lot more which is really quite interesting. And, you know, she's she's a lot more like Jimmy, I think, than she cares to try and admit. And she's kind of trying to repress that a bit more. Whereas Jimmy is, rather with Sol, has embraced that side of himself. Whereas Kim hadn't up until this point and was always fighting against it. And I think what we may see is almost a, a male and female version of soul next season mm. and Kim getting herself into a lot of trouble with that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting little scene between the pair of them. This. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was great. Like I said, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting when you, you can point out a character from a show that you don't really care too much for Howard in this situation. Uh, Cause I went into the season, not really knowing what they were going to do with him. Cause we'd sort of moved past all the, you know, the Chuck Howard, Jimmy sort of thing from the past, all the HHM stuff and all that. And uh, they found a really cool way to kind of implement it. And, and it's not something that like, you know, it doesn't take too much screen time or whatever. And you still get lots of other quality stuff with the, uh, the other more main characters but uh yeah that should be very very interesting for next season so we'll see but uh lalo prepares uh nacho for his first meeting with uh don eladio uh at the meeting lalo explains that nacho is associated with tuco and will manage the salamanca drug business while lalo um is in mexico uh eladio is impressed with nacho's plans to expand the salamanca territory and gives him his blessing because uh, they have a very very interesting conversation uh nacho and uh Don Ladio here. You've basically got this kind of, I wouldn't really call Nacho a pawn, but he's sort of he's he's one of the side men kind of of mm. Gus, isn't he? Talking to like you know Don Ladio, who's one of the big big players in the game, alongside Gus and probably Tuco and uh, maybe some of the other characters as well. Uh, but him having this conversation with him and t- asking him about that, okay, what are your ambitions and your plans? And he's talking about this biker gang, and Don Ladio starts to sort of laugh at that, but then he says like, hey, what if we can kind of turn them against each other and all that and i really like how nacho really does kind of step up with this conversation um and sort of he, he doesn't really sort of shy away or try and hide in the background or whatever and really kind of tries to push himself forward and impress you know the drug lord above him basically mm. uh so i thought that was really really great and um even the smaller details of like how they're both handling their drink and like no one's he's not like nervous with that and he's just yeah both acting like too well illegal um businessman in this mm. and uh him i was i was just re- i wasn't expected to be as impressed with that conversation as what i was but just the way because uh, obviously we know don Ladio can hand himself very very well and we know that nacho can as well but with these sorts of conversations where a lower character a lower sort of ranked character is impressing uh someone who's above them and doing it with such kind of confidence i think is really quite uh impressive as well so what do you what do you think of that conversation yeah um I, again quite sort of interesting seeing I, I i thought the the introduction of like you know oh this is this is lalo he's associated with tuco and uh donna Lalo sort of makes makes some remark about hey you're yeah. not a little bit crazy up there which i i thought was quite nice um 
so yeah that, that then that kind of ongoing conversation and nacho saying as little as possible which is sort of what he was told to do you know be respectful don't don't um overdo anything you know don't yeah. don't don't, don't kind talk of, too much i think it was don't yeah don't talk too much don't overdo it um so yeah and because you are talking to the head of the cartel i mean this is the boss so mm. you you don't want to upset him in any way um so that's sort of interesting because had he not then just screwed over lalo later on um that potentially would give him a path to becoming this quite big kind of drug kingpin uh, you know if he wanted to go down that route but we know full well that he doesn't so mm. that's going to be interesting to see how that turns out next season is lalo going to go back to the don and say hey nacho did this and is that going to put him on the run um or are we you know what's yeah, it's that's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out next season. Um, you know, is Nacho just going to kind of try and leg it and and Lalo go after him? We don't know at the moment. So that 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 meeting between Nacho and the Don are are we is that going to afford him some form of protection in some way, or is is you know, and that going to cause problems for Lalo? Or you know, I I don't know exactly how that's going to shake out yet um because there was obviously a reason for that meeting taking place mm. which we haven't really seen because there's no payoff to it yet you know we've there there was no real reason for taking nacho down there apart from you know from a plotting point of view the only reason for nacho being there was so he could open the gate and turn on lalo um but there's no reason at the moment for that meeting with the don unless that's going to come back at some point next season we shall see but uh mm. yeah impressive stuff nonetheless and uh really really thought that was a great scene but th- these shows breaking bad and El- uh yeah, El Camino and obviously with Better Call Saul, they really do manage to make some of the more simple conversations much, much more interesting than they than they even should be. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, there you go. Jimmy uh, goes to Mike's house and demands... <laughs> I'm just remember him, rem- remembering uh, his, his knocking. I thought it was really funny. Uh, Jimmy goes to Mike's house and demands that Mike explain uh, why Mike has been aiding him. Uh, Mike reveals that Lalo uh, will be killed at night. Uh not really. Uh, and Jimmy informs Kim. Just wanted to kind of separate this as well with some of the other Kim stuff, which is, of course, more the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I just found it really, really, really funny the way that Jimmy's knocking on Mike's house. And it, there's this little, sort of little pattern he does at one point in there. Where he rings yeah. the bell, bangs the, the door, and then like Mike comes out. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, get inside. You know, People going to see you and spot you and people going to talk and all that and wonder why there's this guy knocking on Mike's um house uh yeah what do you think of this little conversation between mike and uh yeah i mean it's again it's a great scene with i love mike's exasperation over like everything pretty much no matter who he's dealing with you see it a little bit with gus but he manages to kind of hold it back a bit more but it's just mike 
kind of comes across as somebody that doesn't want to be dealing with any of this crap mm. and is just there and knows he's got to help or hinder or, you know, knows he's got a job to do. But he doesn't want to deal with Jimmy. He doesn't really want to be dealing with Gus. And But there's this sort of world weariness about him, which I rather love about that character. Um, so, yeah, it's the, the the fact that he's not even there when Jimmy's bashing on the door is, is quite funny as well. And then, you know, he turns up and gives him the little bit of information that he needs to know, which is that Lalo's going to be dealt with, um, supposedly. Right, right. Uh, At least he thinks so. Yeah, because um, yeah, I like that as well. With because um, obviously Jimmy's terrified of Lalo at this point, given what happened the the previous night and all that. Mm. Um, but I do like I do like Mike's kind of assurance there of like basically okay, he's he's not concerned with you. He's gone to Mexico. He's going to get killed. Just like don't worry about it and don't bother me again, kind of thing. I thought was uh, really good. Um, what, what did you think of Jim Jimmy's knocking techniques? Yeah, well, yeah, it's just a, it's a funny scene. I, I would love to know whether that was improvised yeah. on the spot or, or whether that was scripted in some way. I suspect it was probably improvised by Bob to a certain extent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is great. So uh, that's the scene with that. Uh, moving on to the big Lalo scene. Lalo is awake at 3 a.m. So Nacho sets fire, um, sets the kitchen, fires a distraction that enables him to open the gates after some conversation, of course. Nacho flees as the assassins enter and kill most of Lalo's family and guards. Lalo kills all but one of the assassins, then forces him to call the middleman uh, who arranged for the attack um, and uh, report that Lalo was killed. Um, yeah, very, very interesting stuff here. Some of that is the because the final scene of the actual season is... Um, Lalo actually walking off, but you also get the end point with because um, it's all it cuts back and forth a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Between between them two, uh, so we can we uh, we'll we'll leave the middleman conversation I suppose to a little bit later, but I want to talk about these uh, guys. Um, so I'm going to point out a couple of things I think that they did wrong. First of all, when the one guy is aiming through the window and Lalo's one of Lalo's family is there, when you're hired by Gus Fring. You know, Gus, the huge name, Gus Fring. I would kind of have thought that... I, I would kind of have thought that, okay, if you're going to be taking a shot like that through the window, you wouldn't take the shot unless you knew you were going to hit Lalo. Mm. The second point um, is when the one guy... there's two, I think there's two guys that enter the room. This is when Lalo picks up the frying pan. Obviously, it's got all the grease and that's going to be really hot and all that sort of stuff. So you can see what Lalo's going to do there. Obviously, he does that successfully. But none of these guys actually look to the left, which is the one <laughs> spot that Lalo's in. They both sort of proceed forward. They don't check their corners and anything like that. And I'm pointing these things out because these guys are hired by Gus Swing and they should be better trained yeah. than that. Um, and then you can tell it as soon as both of them didn't turn. One of them sort of turns left but doesn't like check the corner of the door where Lalo mm. actually is. So we could shoot Lalo and kill him and do a successful job for Gus, the big cartel boss of them. Um, so neither of the, one of them turns slightly left, neither of them check the left corner. Then, of course, we know that Nacho, uh, Lalo, sorry, is going to use his frying pan, burn the guy's face, and I think he hits him and then runs off or whatever. The other two, two other parts is, um, well, one, the third thing I want to kind of introduce, one thing that you brought up, is neither of these guys wait outside in case, you know, Lalo escapes, which he does and gets out, because then, of course, once he comes out of that, the other side of that tunnel thing, if there's a guy there, he would get shot. So that's the mistake that you point out earlier that that was one i didn't actually think of but uh there's that as well because if you've got seven guys you've got this house you'd still have six people 
going in, one waiting outside maybe, um, with like a train, I don't know, a train sniper mm. rifle, kind of like what Mike does in the, what we've seen yeah. him do a dozen times in the show. Um, I think on, <laughs> if you, you, you dismiss these seven guys, you get Mike in there, I think Mike could take, take him out better than what yeah. these, uh, these guys could. Um, the, the, the two other problems, when the, obviously because we see that, um, what's it, there's this blood thing that they find because he's gone through the tunnel. Um, when two, two of them go down, one of them hears, oh, there's been gunshots, and the other one sees there's blood. If one of them goes back the other way, and then the other one goes forward, uh, so the other one checks, okay, I'm going to check this blood trail, goes out the other side of the tunnel, and then still again maybe finds... Um, Actually, he wouldn't, yeah. he wouldn't have found that though. But that that would have made sense if he'd if he'd have followed the blood trail. But the other guy who heard the gunfire went back. He could have maybe got that. So there's just there's just a lot of mistakes in here that you know guys hired by Gus Fring I don't think should be making. And I think yeah. when Gus hears about this, he will probably agree with me. Yeah. So, uh, lots of lots of mistakes in there. I I'm not going to put it down to. I'm going to put it more down to. Okay, these guys are just incompetent and not blame like okay bad writing or whatever. Because um, I think it is more down to, I don't know, Gus has hired these guys, but they're just not as good as they, they should be, I yeah. think. Yeah, oh, not as so. good as maybe they claim to be, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you don't, we don't know exactly where Gus got these people from. Mm-hmm. They, they, maybe he was told they were the best and they aren't. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's clearly they were, there were a number of mistakes they made in there. They weren't covering each each other properly. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm a special forces guy, but <laughs> you've watched, watched enough of those shows to know that you're sp- there are ways you're supposed to do things like this. Check and, corners and that. Yeah. yeah, you're supposed to check corners. You're supposed to be covering each other at all times. Um, that you, you would sensibly would have made, you should have really posted somebody outside to make sure that nobody was running for the door uh you know and then you would have had somebody that was there to be able to shoot lala when he got outside and wouldn't have been able to got back, get back in again so yeah there was a huge number of mistakes that these guys made and they were just not as competent as they probably should have been uh and uh, yeah so i i do take your point about the fact that yeah if you're being hired by gus and he's saying that they are they are supposed to be incredibly competent and clearly they weren't i do wonder whether that's going to come back at some point um because he shouldn't have been able to get out of that situation there's you know i mean because it's not like if if he'd suddenly you know that something had happened and it woken up all of lalo's guys and they come after them then yes that's maybe a problem that they couldn't have got out of but it was essentially lalo on his own managing to sneak his way out of this and that should not have happened there is no reason why he should have escaped that yeah i will say lalo made some very very smart decisions in oh yeah he knew the house and it, even as far as like him dropping the gun down the thing and firing and killing one of the guys that stuff's really really cool um but yeah these guys yeah. completely failed and one one other thing that these guys have got um, i mean they're all dead so it doesn't matter to them when you're hired by Gus Fring to do a job, you either succeed or you completely fail. Because if you fail to kill Lalo and come back and say, sorry boss, we failed to kill him, then you're going to die. If you fail to kill Lalo and get killed, then you're dead anyway. The only other outcome is you kill Lalo, you go back and say, hey boss, we killed your target, we've done well, and yeah, it's all good. Mm-hmm. So basically you either come out of there 
dead or alive, and then either end up dead or alive anyway, depending on the result. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, they made they made some mistakes. I also found it kind of interesting as well that uh, we're furthering with the kind of mistakes as well. They go in there to kill the one guy, but then they end up killing his whole family instead. Um, yes. Instead of the one guy, that, you know, they're trained to kill him instead of the family, but they end up killing all the family instead because uh, you see the different shots of. Yeah, thing everybody basically all the dead bodies. And so. I mean, Nacho wasn't particularly happy about the idea of killing the family either, because I mean, he does talk on the phone when he gets the phone call yeah. about how hey, you're going to do this clean. There are families here, you know. So uh, yeah, I mean, Nacho was not comfortable with the whole thing in the first place either. So that that's kind of interesting, and it does leave things in an intriguing position because Lalo, as far as the uh, yeah Gus is concerned. Lalo's now dead, so won't be expecting Lalo to come after him. Uh, Nacho is terrified because he's on the run. Um, he doesn't know whether Lalo's dead or alive either because he left beforehand. Lalo know that Nacho knows that Nacho betrayed him. Um, so you've got that issue. The biggest problem at the moment, I think, is the fact that nobody actually knows that Lalo's still alive because of that phone call that he got the uh, the guy to make to the middleman. So. Um, yeah, that that's going to make for some interesting explosive scenes next season, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you think it will be maybe a case of okay, he find that they find that the, these seven guys just haven't reported back, and Gus. Cause, cause well, I they think... did. I mean, because the the guy calls, makes the call, and says, no, "Hey, I mean... he's dead." And, and and I I would assume within a situation like this, Gus will not meet these guys. That's why there's a middleman. So the fact that yeah. the middleman has had the call to say, "Hey, it's happened," and then they'll you know, "Hey, Lala's dead. We got the target." The middleman isn't going to you know might know these guys, but he is a middleman. So if if he doesn't hear from them again for a couple of months, he's not going to be that surprised i mean it's not mm. like they're necessarily getting phone calls for assassinations of this sort every day and the likelihood that a team like this would have been paid fairly well and then would go to ground for a while so right yeah that i don't think is particularly an issue um you know gus as far just will be blissfully ignorant you know he'll just get the call from the middleman saying hey they're all you know the the, the job's done um the middleman, I don't think, would be overly surprised if he didn't hear back from the team after that call saying the job's done, you know, um, unless they want some sort of proof. But, you know, I mean, that would be the other thing is I would have expected that Gus would want some kind of proof that the job is done. So, right, you know, like whether, that's a, or something. whether that's a picture of a dead body or, or you know, the guy's head on a stick, I don't I, I don't know what that would be, be. but uh, yeah, he does stuff. But I, I mean, certainly uh, you would expect a photo of the dead body um, mm. uh, as proof that the job is done rather than just the word of the assassin. So that may be something that would come back to, uh, you know, th that may be an issue. But, uh, but yeah, ov overall, the fact that the entire team is killed, I, you know, and they don't hear from them, I don't think should be a, a spanner in the works. But yes, this, this set things in a really interesting place for the next season. Mm -hmm. I did, part of me just kind of thinks that, okay, Gus is a very, you know, we've seen how meticulous, uh, yeah. meticulous, uh, yeah, I couldn't think of the right word, meticulous he is and how like he wants to make sure things are definitely done. 
Um, I could see him probably clocking something early next season. Yeah. I just think that Gus is too smart to be like, all right, cool, that's enough. I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, they I'm... reported back and they have no other reason to yeah, suspect. No, I mean, I, but I think I, with I... Gus specifically, he might... Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Gus is, is probably going to be suspicious if there is no evidence of a dead body or you know unless lilo can somehow at this point fake his death to make everybody believe that he is dead um got that option as well yeah yeah or this will get resolved fairly quickly when we come back and you know gus doesn't necessarily believe it you know he's been told but doesn't believe it and then lilo shows up and tries to kill gus i i i don't know um and to say that sets things up on a very interesting path. I, but I, I do agree that uh, you know, Gus may not just want to take the middleman's word for it. Um, I mean, we don't know who this middleman is and how reliable Gus thinks this guy is. So, but he is meticulous with everything. And you do think he would probably want some form of guarantee or evidence that Lalo is actually dead. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. we'll see yeah very very interesting stuff for next season uh of course which is when we'll find out what happens um moving on to the big kim and jimmy scene kim uh, still angered by howard's comments uh proposes a forced resolution of the uh sandpiper case by sabotaging howard which would enable jimmy to receive his seven figure share of the settlement uh jimmy counsels against it but kim makes use of a uh, finger pointing gesture similar to one uh jimmy previously used to show she is serious about undermining howard uh very very interesting stuff though with the finger pointing stuff because if you remember at the end of last yeah end of last season uh it's all good man um uh, pointing at kim in the same you know fake gun thing yeah, yeah. pointing way or whatever uh really really interesting that they they decided to do exactly the same thing here with um kim uh a lot of people have made the comment already about like slipping kim or uh, one of them sort of phrases because you got you got the slipping jimmy uh phrase haven't you so they were trying to come yeah. up with a way of um because you can't say like kim goodman or what you know that, that you know the soul the soul goodman name itself still belongs to jimmy but i think the whole slipping kim thing kind of makes sense as well um yeah she's heading down that same road you know with uh you know not exactly on the same page as soul necessarily but we really see here a big change with her and um i like the comment as well about like uh jimmy sort of you know because he gets more and more uncomfortable the more this goes on and um jimmy's comment about like but that's not you and then she goes is it not sort of sort of thing yeah yeah um yeah really really interesting stuff of course we've seen throughout this season slowly and and slowly over the season um character development wise how she's been sort of slipping and you've got the beer bottles and you got her quitting mesa verde and her laughing at howard with the stuff that jimmy um has done and yeah you've seen it slowly over the course of the season uh excellent excellent character development um throughout uh what did you make of her uh finger pointing gesture yeah jimmy the this whole thing as i mean this is where you know we've said repeatedly that this show has become yeah, whilst it, it is focusing on Jimmy and Sol, uh, the, the, the the interesting part of it has been Kim and that that downfall of that character um from this sort of very straight laced lawyer getting pulled into this this orbit of Jimmy and again you're seeing this reversal of Jimmy kind of counselling against it as he has done most times 
in the past. Sometimes I think to subvert the situation, but in most cases, Jimmy's like, no, you shouldn't do this. And Kim's gone, screw it. I'm doing it anyway. Um, yeah, this has been really quite interesting what they've done with Kim. And I wonder where they're going to go with this in the final season. Is this the thing that's going to bring Kim down? Um, and I, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to see where they go with it because she's been flirting with this idea and we've never been entirely sure whether it is Jimmy that has, has been pushing her down this road or whether, you know, whether she'd be doing this if she wasn't with Jimmy, uh, which is the argument that Howard is making. Yeah. Of, and she is very offended by that suggestion, you know, that, that it's, it's not her own decision and it's Jimmy's influence that's doing this. And the more we see of the more you kind of, the more it's becoming apparent that this is what Kim's like. They are far more similar than she tries to realize. And now she's got all the shackles of this off, um, you know, of, of all her you know, big corporate cases and stuff. And now she's a lot freer. She, this personality, which I think is closer to her real personality of, is a lot closer to Jimmy than she would care to admit. And, um, she is actually as devious as he is when she wants to be. And, uh, yeah, this, this is, is going to be really interesting because I mean, this, that, that whole scene is, is great as well because it starts off really small of them just making fun of, you know, making his hair fall out or, you know, changing the color of it and all that sort of stuff. And then it, it escalates and escalates to this point of, her saying well actually we could get you the money from sandpiper and uh yeah that that is um you know and she's seriously considering this and she's saying oh well yeah but it's only one man's career versus you know the fact that you could get a huge payout and we'd be helping all these old people obviously you know yeah um, and she really um howard pissed her off to the point of you know, wanting to take him down to that extent, which is a situation we've seen Jimmy in previously as well. So um, I, I don't think it is Jimmy's influence that's doing that. I think that has always been in there, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is is interesting. And I do wonder where they're going to end this next season with this relationship is Jimmy, is Kim going to step too far over a line and Jimmy decide, actually, we need to split up? Because he does make this conversation. Yeah, there is a point in this episode where he actually says, am I a bad influence on you? And she kind of goes, oh, don't be ridiculous. Mm. And I actually don't necessarily think he is. I think it's just there's this Bonnie and Clyde thing going on with the pair of them. And he's actually the reluctant partner in that relationship. You know, it's they 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 each do their own thing when they're separate, but when they're together, they can be quite dangerous, and um, they feed off each other. So, I yeah, yeah it's it's interesting, um, and I can't see exactly how they're going to play this out in the final season, which I love. You know, so yeah, it's good stuff. Um, this is also where the title of the episode comes in, uh, something unforgivable. Uh, now, when we went to do the preview podcast and we, well, we didn't go through the episode names because we thought they might be a bit spoilery because you've got things like Wexler versus Goodman, something unforgivable, and, you know, they could have been a little bit spoilery. But um, 
Yeah, well, one thing I kind of assumed before the season is like, oh, something unforgivable, Jimmy does something, it's unforgivable, Kim leaves, and that's not at all what we had, which is which is great because it means it's, you know, a bit less predictable on that. Where you get that is um, them trying to get Howard to do something that is, I think Jimmy then does say something unforgivable. So I like the little kind of, I know it's only an episode title, but I like the, the little twist there because when you, when you go into this season and you see the whole um it's it's all good man at the the end of last season then you think that uh jimmy's gonna end up doing something because of how because we got both of them progressing into their soul like personalities and obviously mm. with him you know main character but uh soul and all that we've got him doing that that transformation still uh and of course seeing how that would start at the, at the start of the season so going from basically the end of season four it's all good man and then going into the whole jimmy so good with mcgill the new license name and all that and you see the title at the end of the season and it says something unforgivable the assumption there i think for most people maybe was okay he's going to do something that's unforgivable that will cause kim to leave that will cause her to have the yeah, reason yeah. Not to be in breaking bad and so on and so forth um but i liked how it was i mean it was related to howard like who would have yeah who would have thought exactly that? <laughs> going yeah. into this season um, not that he knows, but you know, it's, it's to do with Jimmy saying, getting Howard to do something uh, unforgivable, which is re- really a cool little thing that they've done there as well. So mm. uh, that's great as well. Um, but uh, yeah, you get the finger pointing gesture. I thought that was a great little nod to the end of last season because it's at the end of this season. Yeah. So good stuff there. And uh, yeah, be very very interesting next season to see how who pushes who over the edge. Really, like you were kind of discussing, it's not necessarily going to be. Um, jimmy pushing kim over the edge it could be the other way around because of course she's had her kind of change in the more forceful sort of uh dangerous personality so who knows which way it might go now we we'll have to wait Mm. and see but uh very very good stuff for the uh pretty much the last scene for them for them for the season um going back a little bit slightly not in the episode but in the notes um the lalo because of course at the actual end of the season lalo killing all the all but one of the assassins we did discuss that a bit um, and of course there's the middleman thing you get the radio call saying it's done and uh, we don't actually see him kill this guy but i think we can assume that he does yes probably yeah um so yeah the middleman um i don't really know who it could be um i i to be honest i i don't think it really matters um right i i'm not i i I think it's probably some nameless character that we're never going to meet. I, I'm right. Yeah. I, I don't think it particularly makes a difference. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to be, uh, uh, you know, cause, cause we know it's not Mike because you know, he already says, Oh, I've arranged the team. So mm. I, I think it's, it's irrelevant at this point who the middleman actually is. Yeah. Um, we also get the scene here as well as he's talking to this guy. He glances back over the drinks, realises it was Nacho, basically, who uh, set this all mm-hmm. up. Because, of course, he realises about the destruction and then Nacho's suddenly gone and all that. So he clicks all that into place together. But, yeah, you got I mean, you've got two sides of the bigger coins, right, where you've got, okay, how Lalo is believed to be dead uh, through the, the call and all that sort of stuff. What the hell is Nacho going to do that? Is Gus going to go along with that and assume that that's actual correct information which we discussed and then obviously you got the other ending of the season with kim having the further push in the change of her kind of personality and that and how is that going to play out so two really big things and really big ways to kind of end the season going into yeah the final season so um yeah very very interesting stuff here um but uh, i think that's all that uh, we should discuss for the episode because i think we've pretty much covered everything 
But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we do have some emails still to discuss. Uh, you kind of still, I don't know, no one's got any idea when the show's going to be back because they can't film anything at the moment, obviously. Um, do you, do it, does, it, does anybody know where they're at sort of writing-wise? Uh, uh, no, I mean, it could easily be another 18 months. It could be two years. Right. It could be, I mean, uh, I, we all we know about the next season at the moment, I think, is it's 13 episodes. So, yeah. You know, um, and they've—it's the first time they've done thirteen episodes in the season. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, but we don't know where they're at with it at the moment. So, what would be your guess for month and year for it to come back, roughly, or just period of time? Yeah, I mean, it—I I would say because we had, they had a problem with the actors being involved on other projects at the, the last time. I mean, obviously, that's not a problem right now, um, mm. but. It may be a case of they're writing while they're off, and it could be that they'll they'll come back. Um, you know, because of the virus, they'll end up coming back actually sooner than maybe they originally planned. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, possibly. So, uh, but let's get into some emails and feedback and stuff. You can of course send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, either about Better Call Saul or anything else related to Entertainment Talk. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK is a contact page and information in your show notes. Sam, uh, love this episode, uh, which um, to me wraps up the best season of Better Call Saul. I think we can solidly agree with that. Mm. Uh, very interesting yeah. that all the characters uh, could have. Very interesting that of all the characters that could have died, uh, Kim, Lalo, and Nacho all survived the episode because you know season finale you'd you'd do death predictions or you'd think that a big character is going to die. Uh, were you surprised by this? That's the first question. Uh, given we have thirteen episodes next season, uh, it's given Vince and Peter more time with the characters in their final acts as well. So, um, well, final acts for this show. Of course, we know that. Of course, Jim survives. Uh, ne- next season and Gus and Mike and some other characters um, yeah so were, were you surprised by because we went in thinking okay Kim could potentially be in trouble but it was arguably be in more trouble last week but then of course you got the big Lalo and Nacho stuff where one or both of them could have died uh, what were you kind of thinking going into the episode and were you surprised by the actual outcome I I kind of thought uh, Lalo was the only one that I really thought you could lose this season um, I think maybe Nacho you could have lost. I, I, I think Kim's become such a huge part of the show. I think you, you'd have to get her into the final season. And I think Nacho to a certain extent as well was always going to make it into the final season. Um, I, I, I think Lalo, Lalo was sort of the big bad for this season. And I, I think I, I'm kind of surprised that we, we still got him for the, uh, for the last um season as well so i that was the one that i was expecting to maybe kill off at the end of this although it does put him in a very good place to be the kind of major antagonist for the uh for the final season as well so um yeah i mean i yeah you i i was expecting somebody to die in this finale and uh it was i mean they did a great job without it being you know uh Without that being the case, so yeah, I mean, I kind of went into this episode thinking I'm pretty sure Kim's safe because of well, uh, to, to me, if this, if she was going to die this season, it was going to be last episode with the Lalo stuff. That's just you know, I could have been wrong. She could have died this episode, but obviously she didn't. I thought that either Lalo or Nacho was going to die this episode, and I was leaning more towards Lalo. And then once you had the whole introduction of okay, we're getting assassins 
you know, seven assassins sent to uh, kill Arlo. I thought, okay, that's probably it. And then, of course, they changed that and he survived it and stuff. So I thought either, yeah, either Lalo or Nacho could have died. You could have had a, a situation where, like, if Nacho hadn't managed to get away from Lalo and he did still get away from the guys, he probably would have killed Nacho and then that would have been the exit for one of the two of them. Uh, so that was kind of my thinking in the episode. Because given we knew that the two of them were going off to Mexico or going off to a different place... I thought that that could have led to the death of one of them. Not both of them. I don't think it would have made sense if both of them had died. But one of them at least, I think. But uh, I was pretty certain that Kim was safe in this episode. Just because you, you just did the dramatic thing with mm. her. And you had your, your big <clears> chance <throat> to kill her off. That, that's not saying she's she might not survive next season. But I was going into this episode really certain that she would survive. And I guess I was uh, correct about that. Um... So yeah, that was my th- my thoughts on that. Um, what about thirteen episodes? You got got a bit more time, you know. Final act really, really kind of uh, clean everything up. Obviously, there's probably going to be some new stuff that happens next season as well. Uh, but we got a lot going into next season, haven't we? We've got two yeah. basically villains. You've got Lalo and Howard, and then you've got you know this bigger change with Kim with the whole gunpointing thing at the end. Mm. Uh, you've got Jimmy's, you know, not quite all comfortable with that. Where previously it was pretty much the other way around and then obviously you've got the big big stuff with Gus, Nacho and Lalo so you got a lot you got a lot you could use next season mm. um so how do you feel about that going into three extra episodes yeah I mean I more of it I'm always going to be very happy with uh yeah. so that's that's fine uh yeah I mean I um I, I'm really interested to just see how they managed to wrap everything up in those episodes and also how close they get to breaking bad mm, yeah um that i mean you know we've obviously got the the gene stuff to wrap up as well but it, it is going to be intriguing to see where they get to in terms of of the breaking bad stuff um and whether you're going to get any cameos from more breaking bad characters you know whether we could see brian um or um aaron pop up would be uh interesting i i think brian is less so unless you do a kind of bit of a leap forward at some point but aaron paul possibly i think because i i think he's i can't remember i'm trying to remember if he was aware of soul um yeah pretty sure it was because he, he introduced uh was it was he the one that introduced him. yeah i think so um might be misremembering but wasn't it to yeah. do with like hey there's a you know here's my lawyer kind of thing. And then they went and met him. And that was the, I think that was the episode uh, was called after, Better Call Saul, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, Badger was arrested in that episode. And um, Jesse looks into hiring Saul to get him to bail out. But I don't know whether, I can't remember whether there was, that there seemed to be any previous relationship there or not. Hmm. So um, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But um, yeah, you, you got Gene as well, which is obviously the end, end game really yeah so yeah so you've got and, and yeah and, and how they structure that as well which you've talked about before is is whether we end with gene or whether we end yeah whether that that's sort of wrapped up in the intro bit or whether they stick there whether that book ends everything or you know so yeah it's it's going to be interesting they've got a lot of stuff they can play with next season yep um Casey says, uh, you have both spoken previously about what could be next for this universe. Uh, let's say that Kim survives and uh, Jim 
sorry Jimmy and uh, it's just a split up basically and she leaves how about a series about Kim covering the years between this and Breaking Bad uh, wouldn't it also be cool to see uh, the Jim timeline with a hey Jimmy cut to black um, scene so I, th- I think what she basically means is obviously because Jean is post everything isn't it um, if if we got a series basically where Jimmy sorry yeah Jimmy and Kim split up and then you see what she does between then and the start of Breaking Bad as to, maybe that could kind of explain as well like okay where actually like okay if they do split up and she just leaves what does she maybe get up to um, and I I do like the idea of like if they just simply split up and she doesn't die of course she has to survive for any of this to happen. Mm. Um, that you maybe get to, you know, uh, the, the black and white jeans stuff, and maybe the final scene is like not necessarily them getting back together, but just say, "Hey, Jimmy, I'm kind of, yeah, you know, I found you or whatever." Um, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. I don't think you'll necessarily get a series about Kim, but I do think that I mean the the Jean, um, cut to black scene in Better Call Saul in the like probably the series finale, like, the end scene. I think that's quite possible. But like we said, Chester actually survive the scenes at the moment um yeah what do you think of those two ideas possibly um yeah i mean that that does assume that kim is going to survive yeah that has to happen obviously and uh yeah i mean possibly but it could play a bit too much like you know if if kim's going down this sort of route of almost becoming a female version of soul and and mm. uh, you could end up repeating yourself so yeah possibly not that i think the most likely spin-offs are probably something that would either follow a younger version of nacho and how he got involved with the cartel or a younger version of gus which but we've said before the problem with that is you'd have to have somebody other than Giancarlo playing gus and yeah i you know be very, that, very difficult that would be difficult um but I think those are the most likely ones. At this point, though, I rather suspect that we're probably not going to see any more in this world for a while. Because yeah. I, I think they're a bit, you know, they'll be doing this for a long, long time at this point. And I think yeah, they probably since, want to go out and yeah, invest in 2008. So. Yeah, so I, I think they probably, you know, both Vince and uh, Peter, I think at this point, want to go and do other things and explore other stuff. It's not to say that they might not come back to this at some point, yeah. but I, I think you're unlikely to see anything immediately that, you know, get announced or even fairly soon get announced that's in this world. I uh, Yeah, it's going to be a while, yeah. I think in terms of the Kim idea, if you did do a series, if you did anything with her let's say post-soul breakup and um, leading into Breaking Bad. First of all, I don't know where that would end necessarily because, of course, we... I mean, we don't know what happens to her at the moment, so let alone where that would lead yeah. to. Because we're, we're assuming in some way, shape, or form that the Better Call Soul, not the Gene stuff, the Better Call Soul stuff will actually tie somewhat into into the start of Breaking Bad in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you could do, like, an El Camino-style thing where it's, it's either, like, a film or a limited series that's just, like, put onto Netflix where... Mm-hmm. You you give Kim two hours and you just see with with bits of time skips. I think um, you maybe see how just how she kind of was post Jimmy breakup. But then we're assuming that that's what actually happens instead. So um, yeah, we have, to, we, have, we, mean, have to, we have to see if she survives in the first place, which we won't know until next season. So yeah, um, 
but uh, I, I mean, I'd very much like love to see um, Kim survive. I think it'd be really heartbreaking at this point if she died, given everything she's gone through and just what Ray Seahorn's done with that character and that. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm still even past this episode, which I was pretty sure she wouldn't die, and I, I don't, re- I just don't really see her dying. I could be wrong, but I, I just don't really see that happening. I see, I just see Nato as much, much more likely to die um, than Kim, but I could be wrong. So, I, yeah, I don't know, I. I think either of them are certainly possible targets. Um, yeah. And I I think both of them have as much chance not to make it out as each other. So hmm. we'll see. We shall see. Uh, Ian says it was fantastic again to see uh, Tony Dalton as Lalo again. Uh, he is so cocky. Even when things get tough, he knows how to handle himself. Um, yeah, he's a great, great villain for Better Call Saul. Yes. Uh, lots of people online have been saying, like, okay, is he better than Gus and this and that. I don't think he's no. quite... I mean, he's very, very different to Gus. Let's, let's just kind of put that out there. Uh, you know, he's much more of the cocky guy, and Gus is much more the sort of, you know, um, concentrated... What was the word you said? Meticulous? meticulous yeah yes. he's very very sort of meticulous and and doesn't really he just he just he's completely different to lalo isn't he so i think they're very very good different types of villains uh i do think gus is the better villain still but yeah um tony himself done a fantastic job as yeah. uh as lalo and just it's so interesting to see because one one tool set that, that i guess tony's got as lalo as opposed to john kylo's got as um Gus is you've got basically this almost this dual personality stuff with Lalo where he's the fun guy he's, he's home seeing his family and they're shooting guns in the air and all that sort of stuff and then you've got like a take okay cool call your middleman and tell me who who's done this and the, mm. the, the more serious stuff so I like seeing both those sides to the character as well so overall yeah really really good stuff with with him and uh of course we will see him next season and I'm looking forward to that so yeah. Uh, lastly, Nadia says a very interesting conversation between Nacho and Don Eladio. Do you think this hints towards Nacho having a better future? We simply don't see in Breaking Bad. I think the thing with that is, is let's say he survives Better Call Saul. We, you can't really. I don't think because in terms of him, I mean, he could have a bright future that's got nothing to do with the cartel. He could still get into a different job or a different business, start a family somewhere else, and still very much have a great future. Um, if it's to do with like him having a good future that we don't see in Breaking Bad, that has to be outside of the cartel stuff because he, we don't. You would see think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's possible that he could be part of the still be part of the cartel, but I find that very unlikely. Yeah. Given that that he's professed that all he wants to do at this point is get out of the cartel, you know. So I I don't see that but as i mentioned earlier this conversation with the don is interesting because there was no reason at the moment for it to be there from a plotting point of view you know um there's there's no reason for him to have that conversation with the don there's no reason for that to be on screen right now there's no payoff to it so i'm expecting something to come of that next season to see whether you know, whether there's a reason why he makes that connection next season. Um, so I I wouldn't say that it points to a positive future, but I think it does point to something. I'm just not entirely sure what at this point. Yeah, yeah. So we just have to wait and see. 
But that is everything for Season 5 of Better Call Saul. Uh, David, thank you very, very, very much for joining me over these, yeah, 10 weeks, because we had two episodes in a row, but uh, yeah. at the start, but obviously the previous. So thank you very much for joining me for all those weeks. Of course, we've had a bunch of shows that we're covering, and we're slowly going down to, I mean, next week we'll only have the one show, because it will just be uh, Westworld. Uh, so thank you very, very much for joining me. Uh, we My will, pleasure. We will be back. Um, no one knows when the show's going to be back but we'll be back whenever that's going to be uh, I mean we've still got an episode left over of Walking Dead we don't know when that's going to be so uh, we just have to wait and see how the, what the future holds for all of us really not just these yes. characters so uh, we'll be back obviously with the final season uh, I still very much intend to obviously keep doing Entertainment Talk until that happens if that's 2021 or 2022 uh, I still very much intend to be back with that. So we'll see you all when that happens. Of course, in the meantime, we do have lots and lots of other stuff on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, like I said, we're still covering Westworld. So if you're watching the HBO show over there, uh, speaking of HBO shows as well, uh, I'm currently covering Run. Uh, it will have its second episode today. So be sure to check in with that as well. If you like Merritt Weaver, I mean, who doesn't Who doesn't like Merritt Weaver? Yeah. So uh, got that as well. Uh, by the way, if you like Merritt Weaver and you haven't seen uh, Unbelievable, do yourself the favor and uh, check that out as well. Phenomenal TV show. Um, so you got that. Uh, we're still doing, of course, our gaming podcast. So keep a lookout for those. It's going to be very interesting in the summer because we won't have an E3, but there's going to be probably some still big announcements and stuff. Uh, of course, we recently got the reveal of the PS5 controller, so lots of big things still happening. Uh, I'm going to be doing a couple of things with films in the coming weeks. Uh, me and Barry have also got a couple of podcasts that we're doing. Uh, I've got some ideas of some football podcasts that I could do. Uh, just some other stuff there so keep your eyes out still on entertainmenttool.org lots and lots of stuff to still cover as well uh, if you want to know what's happening with the world of TV and film uh, in terms of how the coronavirus is affecting things and just casting information air dates all that sort of stuff David's got you covered geektown.co.uk and geektown radio if you want that in weekly form that will be of course released on Tuesdays geektown radio on uh, iTunes and podcast services just search for geektown and you should be able to find that geektown.co.uk as well of course if you want to check out the website for all that good stuff uh, Bex as well she's streaming of course on Trista Bytes please go and support her as well that's Trista Bytes uh, B-Y-T-E-S so check that out on Twitch uh, she's streaming quite a lot at the moment just follow her and you'll get notifications of when she goes live and uh, get involved with some cool stuff over there uh, something as well which I mentioned in the chat podcast which I'll mention here as well if you are uh, interested in supporting other stuff as well David's got an is it like an online comic con sort of thing for like, artists and oh yeah things yeah, like that there is uh, if you uh, if you go to um, geektown.co.uk forward slash online con we have an online comic con running right now which has got like a bunch of shopping things for where you can buy stuff that is the stuff that you would just, you'll usually find at comic con we've got a bunch of gaming reviews and uh, comic book previews for independent comic artists and there's a stack of cosplay photos and some of the guest panels from previous comic cons all that stuff is up on the website if you want to go and find that at geektown.co.uk UK. Excellent. Cool. So go and uh, check that out and support everybody and uh, we'll go from there. Of course, if you want to support this podcast and support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon. Please check out the $1 and $3 level tiers for review options and every podcast options. If you're still buying stuff on Amazon, uh, you can support us there as well. The Amazon affiliate link, we can get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. Uh, free ways of supporting us. iTunes fees, of course. Please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Uh, make sure you get subscribed so that you get sent new episodes and get kept up to date, both with, with Entertainment Talk and with Geek Town as well. Uh, word of mouth, you can simply tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, just 
tell them to go and check out Entertainment Talk and they can come and find the content as well. Social media, of course, you can share them on Facebook and Twitter and if you can, put them in different Facebook groups. Uh, for streaming, of course, like I said, Bex is on Twitch. Me and David are also on Twitch as well. Uh, I tried to stream Life, Life, Life is Strange last night, but it would not work, so that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, if you want to check out some of the other stuff, I do occasionally stream on Twitch and, uh, of course, there's the FIFA streams on Mixer. Be sure to check those out as well and Robert also streams on Mixer as well. And if you want to check out Let's Play episodes outside of that, there is, of course, Let's Play Sunday as well uh, go and check out the awesome uh, moss stuff as well so a uh, great game uh, but check that out uh, thank you all very much for listening this season thank you all for the support and the emails and everything we will be back with the sixth season and until then we'll see you on the next thing goodbye bye <laughs>